Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and, of course, send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back. So today on the podcast, I want to do a little bit of a roundup of some other people's work that I have seen lately. It's come across my desk and it has really resonated with me as something that is so, so applicable, not only to me, to my colleagues, uh, hopefully to you, but also really pretty relevant to the kinds of topics we've been talking about in this recent series on professional branding. So I'm going to take a sort of a break from the focus on medicine, doctors and physicians specific uh, to branding and talk instead about some of the general career advice from two other folks from articles that I saw in the Harvard Business Review and in Inc. An article on Inc.com, this was written by uh, Jeff Hayden, a contributing editor uh, at Inc., and it is under the category of strategy. The title of his article is To Create Your Own Luck, Do Any One of These Five Things. And the subheader is, believe it or not, you can create your own luck, you just need to know how. I agree with this concept wholeheartedly. And for this article, uh, he goes on to interview Dharmesh Shah, one of the co-founders of HubSpot, which is a marketing company uh, that made the uh, 2016 Inc. Founders 40 list. Uh, so that's very interesting. And, and he asks him about his luck because they start from the, the tenet that it's easy to assume that successful people or that other people that we know are just luckier than us. Uh, and they go on to name a handful of uh, famous business people and how, you know, quote unquote, lucky they might be. So then they get into five things to have the right frame of mind to seize lucky opportunities and also to sort of generate luck. And before we dig into this, you guys know I talk a lot about using branding and digital strategy to become what I have called an opportunity magnet. And I think you're going to see that theme pulling through in this article, as well as the second article that I'm going to recap for you. The link, of course, is on my website in the show notes. So certainly my intention here is to recap these great articles, not to uh, to imply that I did this writing. So please keep that in mind. This is not my article. I'm going to try to do my best to distinguish when I'm editorializing uh, their work. So the five things that they say uh, in this article to do to sort of generate your own luck. Um, here it comes. Number one, try a lot more things. They say you'll connect with more influential people and you'll have uh, better jobs, better opportunities. If you are very, very persistent, try, 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 and some, try some more. A lot of efforts don't pan out, but some do. So in some ways, it's sort of a numbers game, right? How many attempts at things are you trying? I think it's interesting, this is me editorializing here, to think about this concept of taking many, many chances because uh, today uh, we're, we're really um, struggling with, with having too much to do. And one of the most uh, helpful and sort of most modern bits of career advice really circulates around this idea of learning to say no, learning to say no to stuff and only saying yes to 
the right or best opportunities. There's many books written about this lately, and a lot of your very successful people, uh, notably Warren Buffett and others, uh, will say that saying no is the secret to their success. So I'm just offering up a different uh, point of view here that in, in this particular article, one of the ways to generate that luck is to try a lot more, do a lot more. So take that, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, they follow closely with number two, meet a lot more people. When you think of people that you got lucky because they happen to know the right people at the right time, they had some of that serendipity, or they just happened, they seem very, very well connected. How do they know the right people and how are they in the right places? It's because, again, they, they say yes to a lot of meeting opportunities. Right now, COVID time, everyone's staying at home. There's not as much networking going on, but the concept is, is still there, right? You can't luck into meeting the right person unless you meet a large number of people, is, is what they write here. Uh, the more people you meet, the more your odds of getting lucky increase. So, okay. Then number three, greatly expand your boundaries. I think we're getting a theme here on creating your own luck. Doing the same thing, they say day after day, gives you pretty much the same results. So they suggest try a new skill, open up to new different experience, uh, do something that you assume but don't actually know that you won't like. So you think I won't like this, but you don't know because you haven't tried it. Um, get out of your comfort zone and try those things. I know it's hard to try to even imagine carving out time in your life to do more, meet more people, say yes to more things, do do things that you already think you're not going to like. I get that that may strike a lot of people as totally insane, but it is uh, listed here as one of the things that may help you create your own luck. So uh, give that some thought about whether or not there's even a small way you might be able to work this in. Now, number four, I really like, they simply just say give. So when you give, when you help, when you offer uh, to to give advice, to give connections, to give assistance. When you are sincerely generous with other people, they say it's very likely that people re respond in kind. So you give out of sincerity. You don't give with the ex expectation of reciprocity, but the reality is you likely will get that reciprocity. So if you give and you are generous, then you will be surrounded by people uh, who not only appreciate that and appreciate you, but are likely to uh, have reciprocity for you. And then you will suddenly be one of many very, very lucky friends in a group is, is sort of how they're describing it here. And number five, we hear this all the time, so simple, but not everybody does it, is ask. They say luck comes down to the right person saying yes, and therefore nobody can say yes until you ask. And that unlucky people are waiting to be discovered and to be given what they want, whereas lucky people just go ask for what they want. Many people will say no, of course. But some will say yes, and then people will say, you got lucky. But you will know, this author writes, that you made your own luck. So those are the five things they say in order to help create your own luck. And while uh, not all of them are right, I guess, for everybody at every time, it does make a lot of sense that if you try a lot more things, it's sort of a numbers game and you're persistent, and you meet a lot more people, you increase your odds of having met the right person, uh, being in the right place at the right time. And that if you do things that get you outside of your current sphere, then you will have more people in more uh, sort of areas of life, which is how you end up getting lucky enough to make big changes or get big, bold opportunities outside of everyone else's sort of shared comfort zone. If you do those uh, different things, and then if you give generously and tend to create that 
that community of that microcosm around yourself of people who are helping with connections and with advice and uh, with with those good relationships. And then finally, if you're asking for what you want and just having that boldness, having that assertiveness to ask, and then people will think you're just so very lucky when the right person at the right time says yes to the right thing and that comes your way. But in reality, you will have created some of that. I think it's a really great piece. Excellent food for thought, again, from Inc.com, written by Jeff Hayden. This is, um, I think, from twenty well, from 2016. So it's not even all that recent. It's just, I think, kind of classic. So what a great one. Uh, no, sorry, June 13th, 2017 is when this was published. I think it's a really thought-provoking piece about how to kind of create your own luck. So when you think about in your own life, whether you can... You may not be able to, to go from zero to 100 right now. You may not be able to go from whatever you're doing right now to meeting a lot more people or doing a lot more things. You may be in a phase where what's most productive for you is to start saying no to stuff. But it is very interesting to think about that power of cultivating uh, relationships in which you're giving and in which there's reciprocity and just mutual support, to think about asking for things, and to think about the benefits of getting outside of your little circle uh, and just making, even if they're small efforts to grow and increase uh, the number of people that you know in the sort of the most uh, diverse ways of life, both professionally and personally, that that you possibly can, that will definitely lead to more opportunities, opportunities that would never come to you if you were not exposing yourself deliberately to more people and, and more things. Then the other article I wanted to talk about is, came out of the Harvard Business Review. This is quite current. It just came across my uh, desk a few days ago. It was published August 18th, 2020, and it is under career planning. It's called How to Reimagine the Second Half of Your Career, and it's by Jeff Gothelf. I, again, have the link in the show notes, and uh, I want to say the, the first thing that really struck me in reading this is he's talking all about... Um, the second half of your career. And he's talking about when he graduated college in 1995. And then he's talking about how he uh, faced his 35th birthday with panic, trying to envision the second half of his career. Now, for many of you guys, my audience, I know you're physicians. So you are likely, if you are thinking about the second half of your career, you're likely further along than 35. So at first that really struck me, knowing my own age and knowing where I am in my career, I'm thinking, am I already in the second half? What what is what does that mean? And how long how long are we going to live anyway? Anyway, uh, what he is essentially talking about in this piece is that the more successful you are, it's the harder it can be to figure out where you go from here. And he says the further up the ladder you go, the fur- the fewer positions there are, which is just the nature of the beast. There's very few C-level uh jobs, for example, you know, chief level jobs. And no matter what area in which you work, that's that's probably true, right? That that the more in demand you become, the more specialized you are, and the more sort of high up the food chain you are, the uh, the more stiff the competition for those kinds of jobs. So he put together this concept and wrote a book uh, that he calls Forever Employable. And he says it's the continuous sharing and repurposing of your experience, passion, and expertise to create a platform of thought leadership around yourself. And he goes on to say, by becoming a recognized expert in your chosen domain or discipline, you reverse the flow of job leads and opportunities. Instead of you having to chase them down, 
they come to you. Well, I just stopped writing my tracks because I've written almost the same thing verbatim about this, my idea of this opportunity magnet and how professional branding really helps uh, for you to create that thought leadership around yourself and for opportunities to come to you. So he lays out five core concepts about this forever employable idea. And um, interestingly, a lot of them are concepts we've talked about on this podcast. I'm going to go over them quickly. And again, this this is his article. I'll try to be clear when I'm editorializing about it. And please do uh, come over to my website for the link so that you can read this in its entirety on your own and perhaps go buy his book. So the first concept is entrepreneurialism. And he says, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, and you probably don't think of yourself that way either. And I'll just pause there and say, yeah, that's probably true. For most people who are employed, they don't think of themselves as a business, but no matter what, uh, so you may have your own business, you may have your own practice, you may aspire to do that, or you may be perfectly happy being employed and really never want to to not be employed uh, by someone else, but you yourself are a business of one. And that's really what this entire podcast is created around, right? Is this idea of treating your career and your own professional opportunities as a business. Uh, and in doing so, sort of putting on that business mindset, you will attract more opportunities. You will have uh, more sort of control over how you grow your own business and your own brand, even if you are working for someone else. Okay, the second uh, core concept, he says, is self-confidence and begins to speak to how sharing your expertise can be daunting. Um, and and that's true. So whenever, it, and this is very, I think, uh, a shared experience for, for physicians, particularly perhaps women physicians, um, this whole idea of this imposter syndrome, right? That whatever it is that you want to do or say, someone else has already done it or said it. And why would anybody want to hear it really from you? You've heard me before in the branding framework talking about how important it is to speak to your unique perspective, your lived experience, your viewpoints, how your formal training and your informal experience really sort of uh, stirs itself up and becomes a perspective that no one else has. He articulates something very similar here. He says, your unique life experience, diverse path to your current position, the obstacles you've overcome are the core of your newfound expertise platform. No one else has that. So embrace it, own it, and be it. He says, no one has your story. So you can be confident that your experience has value, your knowledge has value, and you have something valuable to add to the conversation, he says. So be confident in what you know. And I think part of that is to, if, if you're going to be building this thought leadership around yourself, this platform of thought leadership, then you're going to need to be contributing to conversations. You may need to be writing things. You may need to be sharing things socially or online. I, I know I think that's a very effective part of, of strategy. And that is one of the core uh, concepts to help uh, to help establish this forever employable framework that he's talking about. Okay, the third concept is continuous learning. We're all lifelong learners, right? He says, everything is changing all the time. That's just the first sentence. Everything is changing all the time. He's so right. It's totally true. Everything is changing all the time. And you have to constantly be experimenting and trying new things. If you're learning something all the time, he says, then no matter sort of how it goes, whether you succeed or you don't, if you're learning something, you haven't truly failed. I think that's more than just a platitude. Uh, I think it is the truth, right? You you are getting more experience. You are helping to understand uh, the kind of path forward that you want and how you can more successfully get there. 
and you are building community. So he articulates a handful of those things in this paragraph as well. Um, you learn continuously by reading blog posts, books, podcasts, audiobooks, talking with people, building communities, constantly trying new things, uh, keeping your mind open to possibilities. And we hear a little bit echoing here, uh, the other article, how to create your own luck, right? This continuous learning, trying lots of new things outside your comfort zone. I think that's absolutely true. Okay, the fourth core uh, component to being forever employable, he says, is continuous improvement. So if you're learning continuously, then you're going to be applying the outcomes of your experiments, you know, as he calls them, your life's life's experiences, he's calling experiments, and he's saying that this is going to help you get better. And if you are getting better professionally all the time, really always looking for new and better ways, then you will continue to excel and you'll be able to be enthusiastic about borrowing from leaders in other fields. And sort of while you're innovating, it's sort of a, a smarter way to innovate because you'll be taking things that other people have done successfully and apply them into your own field or into your own platform. So I think that's very interesting. Continuous improvement. So it's not just enough to learn, but you've got to be applying what you've learned uh, in a way that helps you grow, whether you succeed or fail. And then his fifth core concept for being forever employable is reinvention. So he says, ultimately, becoming forever employable is all about reinventing yourself. He says he was a designer, and then he was a design manager, and then he was going to be a super duper design manager, or at least that's what he thought. But because of the expertise he was sharing, and I'm not exactly sure how, maybe he means verbally, maybe he means on a blog, maybe he means writing articles, I I don't know. Um, Certainly now he has written this book. That because of that expertise, other opportunities, he says, quote, walked into my life. And with the help and support of my family, I was ready to seize them. And since then, I've reinvented myself on an ongoing basis. I think that's fantastic. It's it's really uh, part of it is speaking to that creating your own luck and being ready to act on it, right? And then people will say, oh, you're so lucky this opportunity sort of showed up. But it sounds like he was ready to pivot. He was ready to change. He was ready to reinvent himself and do things sort of faster and different because he was continuously learning, continuously improving, uh, trying to create that platform around himself and having the self-confidence to speak up and know there's value in his own personal lived experience. He goes on to say the modern pace of change. I mean, he just, he starts to articulate it in, in, context of Amazon and Google. And and it's it's true. Things are changing incredibly quickly. He says, if you want to stay forever employable, you've got to be ready to reinvent yourself with the times. And that is coming in shorter and shorter cycles. I think he's absolutely right. And in the closing paragraph here, he says, you know, reorgs, reorganizations in industry reorgs happen regularly. So do layoffs. And COVID-19 has laid waste to entire industries. And technological disruptions automate us out of jobs annually. But it doesn't mean we're done being useful, successful, and viable in the job marketplace. I think those are true statements, absolutely. And it it really feels very timely right now because, like perhaps you, I know a lot of people who have just recently been laid off or who are taking financial hits because of COVID uh, and, and other reasons. He goes on to say, being forever employable means you have to be intentional about where you're going and you've got to be prepared to act immediately and without hesitation when the right opportunity presents itself. Uh, I think that is, it's just fantastic advice. It's really, really 
the the culmination of laying all of that foundation, laying that framework to create that luck, to create that awareness of you and your expertise and your thought leadership, to open up those doors for opportunities, and then be ready to say yes, right? To seize on them, to have the confidence to know that you can try something. And if it doesn't work out, you'll still be okay. So for me, these two articles, not at all about medicine, but really, really timely, even though one is recently published and one is a few years old. And I thought I would share them with you on the podcast today. So come by the website, check out the links, read these in their entirety. I think they're good food for thought. I think if you enjoy these, you might enjoy other things these folks have written. And I do also want to invite you to listen to the branding playlist on my website, which is marjoriestieglermd.com forward slash podcasts. And you can just scroll down to the professional branding playlist. You'll see a lot of these same themes. As you know, I have many articles on my website as well about this, and I can't stop talking about it. You know, my, my course, the branding prescription has just been accredited for 18 hours of CME credit for physicians. So this is really fantastic because it means that now there's that sort of extra air of legitimacy. I know that's a thing for a lot of people. They feel like they like the concept around professional branding, but they're not sure if it's legitimate. They're not sure if it's a true career development strategy. I'm here to tell you that it is, and you can also get AMA credit for it. Um, So it is is very relevant. It's very legitimate. And this is a 12-week comprehensive course. I think it will absolutely change your, uh, your life, your opinion about what you're capable of, what you can do, and how to go about doing it. Uh, to create that luck, to be that opportunity magnet, to get to do more of what you love and what you're so good at and less of what you don't love because someone else loves it and is better at it than you are. Uh, So that is really the core purpose, right? Is getting that meaningful work that you are uniquely suited to doing. And now you can come take my course and get your 18 hours of CME credit for it. That is it for me uh, for this episode. That's a wrap. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now. (music) 